welcome to Slash Report. This is Prue, and this week I am joined by A, my usual partner in crime, MK. What up? Hello. And a very special guest, Marilyn. <laughs> Hi. I've got her trapped in my bed, guys. Don't be jelly. Shoot. <laughs> we had video on for a second. It was super hot. It was. All titties and girls all over the place. Yeah. We, we actually do have kind of rubber boobs out. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. pajamas. I'm drinking. It's very sexy. So hot. So hot. It's all of our, like, slow running makeup at the end of the day. Oh, yeah. There's no. nothing more attractive than this action right here in my bedroom. <laughs> I got home. I washed my face. I took off, like, my All your throat. clothes. Not all my clothes. I took off, like, my bra and my dress, so I'm wearing, like, leggings and a t-shirt. It's not your style, bro. It is your style. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It, it's also, like, this is also officially becoming, like, a stripper line podcast right now. Gentlemen. Now we get some gentlemen listeners. Oh, great. Poor, of course, the gentlemen listeners that we're most likely to pick up have no interest in titties, so this is a wasted effort on them. Yeah. You never know. Never know. But guys, what we're actually here to talk about is the Avengers! Yay! Yay! Assemble, y'all. We're so assembled. Mm-hmm. So assembled. So, MK, what did you think? Avengers. We all have been waiting so long. Shat ourselves over multiple, like, trickling, teasing trailers. And then we finally got the whole, like, Joss Whedon explosion all over our face. <laughs> that's right. What do you think? I, well, one, I think that's a word that's going to have to go in the dictionary. But two, um, <laughs> 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 me <with> fire. <laughs> Delightful. Um, okay, so I really, really liked it, but I will say the first hour of the movie feels yeah. like a two-parter of, like, an okay TV yes. show. Yes, And then after that, you're like, no, now it's awesome. And right. I understand why it was there, but for the first hour, I was like, this isn't that good. Something's wrong. I have to say, like, uh, I really enjoyed the film, mm-hmm. but... It- the worst part of that movie, as I was telling Marilyn earlier today, was the bookend opening and ending. Just not even just because no. I didn't know what the fuck these weird aliens were. So the narration in the opening was weird and terrible. And it looked so, so cheap and down market. Like, <laughs> and in the end, that when you saw the alien up close, you were like, oh, so this is this is like some Star Trek action happening here. Like, it seems so out of tune with the rest of the movie which seemed very rooted in things that you could like find relatable like mm-hmm. those two spots in the middle of like a cold dead moon were so they felt really poorly put together to me yeah and i think even my roommate who is more of a comic books guy than yeah. i am for sure in full disclosure he was like i don't even understand why they even use that particular villain yeah. in marvel and like you know the avengers first you could even have something that's even more recognizable and for a lot of the audience who's not even in any way versed with the comics like you don't any reason to understand why these people are scary because it was yeah. so just sort of schlocky and cheesy there was no real like i don't know who this is but i'm kind of scared yeah there was right. no menace yeah really. right yeah it was just like well that guy has some problems yeah that guy just has some like some sartorial and facial skin problems <laughs> were primarily what i got away from that my best guess on that is that yeah. Obviously, like, they hired Joss Whedon to do this movie, right? And they yeah. probably they probably did the same thing that they do in Doctor Who, which is they're like, you can do whatever you want within this scope, but here are, like, two things that have to happen. Right. And it was probably like, you have to set up for Avengers 2, so include Thanos at the end, and this is what the scene's going to be. And Joss Whedon was probably like, that's really dumb. And they were like, 
that's actually a thing we're going to have to loop back to because we talked about something similar to that. But I mean, like, before we start picking at I mean, this movie. Th- there was a reason I napped through the first two thirds. Yeah. <laughs> my jet lag stayed on my second viewing. Like, yeah. You know, like, before we start picking at this movie, let's talk about the stuff that we really love. Let me kick it off by saying that. I was really, really impressed by how well he interwove all of the characters together. It, 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 I mean, like, he had the benefit of it being legitimately a movie where it was, like, the island of lost superhero toys. Like, they're all brought together for some, like, crazy-ass reason. That's, like, the legitimate plot of it. But none of it felt really natural, and the character interactions felt like they made sense. And the plot points were very speedy and it didn't feel like it was tortured and all the people were where they were where they're supposed to be and I never lost track of anybody and I felt like everyone got equal screen time and right people who and I feel like uh, like what we were saying though is that it had to be incredibly difficult so difficult to actually pull it off and it actually seemed very effortless when you're watching it and from a writing perspective like you never felt like or there's sort of like definitely like a high wire act of yeah, I'm sure that there was like a lot of Joss Whedon like <laughs> rocking himself on the floor of the bathroom, like why? But actually, it came out really beautifully. You know, like yeah. it's it's like that it's like that thing about the swan where you look beautifully poised on the surface and on the bottom you're like frantically paddling not to drown. Yeah. All the frantic paddling was hidden very well. Mm-hmm. I also thought, um, in terms of in terms of all those characters, he did a really good job of introducing the ones that didn't already come from their own movie franchise. Yeah. And also doing enough of a job of recalling past events from like Iron Man and Thor and Captain America without being overly, you know. Yeah. Uh, recursive? Overly yeah, repetitious? Yeah. Something so like you that. didn't feel like previously on the Avengers franchise. <laughs> Buffy and Angel (laughs) made sweet love and he went to hell and then moved to LA, which is the same thing. And like, and the new characters, let's like, you know, AKA the Hulk who for all intents and purposes didn't, we're just going to pretend the other two Hulk movies never happened. And, uh, I felt completely vindicated by the fact that Mark Ruffalo obviously is flawless and perfect and is the only person ever who could make the Hulk (laughs) interesting. Stop throwing garbage on my floor. Hold on. The Hulk is not actually interesting. Mark Ruffalo did a good job. No, he's a horrible character and should never have his own movie. No, obviously. Yeah, but in case anybody that actually has any pull with the studio is listening to this, like, we're channeling the collective, like, the collective feelings of almost everyone. Don't make another Hulk movie. You've tried this many times, and they were all bad. It's like invading Russia. It's never going to go. It's not going to work. Stop trying to fight a land war with Russia during the fucking winter. You're just going to freeze to death and be like, what happened to me? Why am I in exile again? Yeah, but the only reason that the Hulk is good in the Avengers movie is because of everyone else. Right, yeah. Like, you have to set up the joke and then he's the punchline. Right. But yeah, and also um, Hawkeye and Black Widow oh were also God. like did a really good job of introducing those characters and um and making them shine. Yeah, yeah. I thought Hawkeye was fantastic. Yeah, I was actually sort of worried because I was like, oh God, they've taken Jeremy Renner and like broken him off from the team from the beginning. And it I is was, an interesting way to introduce it's a character really- by. Immediately flipping him and basically having him to not act like himself. Exactly. And, and I like him, even though... And you do. Yeah. It works It works perfectly. <laughs> right. I really was worried that I was going to be like, oh, God, like, I'm not going to be able to connect with this guy. And then it turns out that, like, he was probably my favorite discovery from this mm-hmm. movie. 
Yes. I also just like the mental idea that Hawkeye, and uh, keeping in mind I have no knowledge of him from comics canon, that like Hawkeye in any given situation like enters a room, like finds the highest corner and like curls up there like a freak. That's basically yes. accurate. <laughs> oh, love yes. it. Square little weirdos are always close to my heart. He's so good. <laughs> so good. Any, any sort of circus? <laughs> His old outfit was like bright pink. Bright pink? Like yeah. Pinky purple, yeah. Yeah. Purpley pink. I'm sure Jeremy Renner was really sad that they changed yeah. that. I mean, his new costume was very flattering, though. His new costume was very beautiful on his arms. It is ass. His I arms, that the size of my thighs. I know, I was like, ugh. <laughs> 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 I'm slipping into Jeremy Renner time. I'm sorry, like, when that man spends as much time talking about the lunges that he does and the squats that he does, I think it's okay for us to objectify him just a teensy tiny bit. He works hard for a He bit. also flips houses. Yeah. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't. Jeremy Renner, before he hit it big with the Bourne franchise and the Avengers movie, presumably, used to make more money flipping houses than he did acting. He's like, he flips houses. He's like a real estate agent slash actor. No, he didn't real estate agent. He would like buy houses oh, okay. and fix them. So he would be like going to a premiere, like doing some acting, and then running back in his tux and like buying tile. He did it all by hand. It was amazing. Like, him and his friends. So, if he needs a reality show where he's, like, an actor <laughs> slash HGTV, there's, there's a reality show there where, like, Jeremy Renner fixes shit and then is an actor. Oh, he's too good for, like, be, a channel. That would be, like, the greatest non-starter porn of all time. <laughs> yes. Like, you ask for a contract or Jeremy Renner shows up at your door, oh and you're God. like, yes, yes. <laughs> Yes, you can be my plumber. Come in, fix my piping right now. Hey, Jeremy Renner. Want to get up in these pipes? <laughs> oh, I would probably just terrify him and he would have to leave. He would. He would have to leave. But you are kind of a creeper, Em. Shut up. Okay, last night I was going to dinner and I was... Were you wearing my clothes as you went to dinner? No, I was actually wearing my clothes for once. Yeah. Um, so Everyone think about that for a while. I live in England. You left some here. I need to be close to you. <laughs> but the point is, I was walking along King Street, like, towards this restaurant, and all of a sudden my phone goes off, and I pick it up, and there's a text message that just says, I see you from the streetcar. And I was like, what? Okay. Is this your That's best what? friend? No, it was M.A. Is this Chris? It was M.A. She could see oh, me from God. the streetcar. She's like, see you at the restaurant in five. Like, oh god. You're just surrounded by creepy people who encourage you, basically. <laughs> yes. To be ever creepier. Yes. Like if I ever visit you, Emily, I'm just gonna be like paranoid of <laughs> everyone. Justifiably. <laughs> yeah, count your clothing because she'll hide something. Yeah. She can hide smell it. it and be close to you. Too bad you can't really sell underwear on eBay anymore. It's too bad. There's still some specialist sites out there <laughs> okay. if you want to do that. Good to know. Thank you. I mean, you have to write up a profile and be able to pretend that you're, like, a virgin who's never known the touch of a man, but... <laughs> the sad part is, is that I 100% believe that Prue knows exactly <laughs> what she's talking about here and has looked into this. Sometimes, you know, you fall on hard times and you need to have backup plans. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The economy sucks. It's true. The economy sucks. I wanted to travel in college. I really don't have any marketable skills. But if dudes are willing to buy panties... 
that I have worn. Nope. Well, it makes both of us happy because I needed new underwear and you needed <laughs> to win. rub my underwear on your face. Cool. Yeah. This is very special. <laughs> I'm glad we all get to share this moment in the middle of the Avengers episode. <laughs> like our listeners are probably like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> this is going to be like edited out though, right? No. Taken. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations um, okay other things that we actually really love thor thor is just epically wonderful oh, he's, he's just a good dude he is he's just a good dude he's just like i miss my brother so what i'm gonna do is land on a plane midair deal him from it and then like get in a fight with him on a mountain beat his ass anyone who's had a little brother kind of relates to that i'm sure <laughs> i do enjoy like i'm i'm very impressed by chris hemsworth because he's taken a role that could you could really just play it straight frat bro thor meaty doofus yeah because he was deeply entertaining as meaty doofus thor in the first thor movie right and I loved the transition that he made in the first Thor movie, and I like the continuity emotionally that they've kept up for the sequel, where he is still, like, at heart, he's still, like, a giant, friendly Labrador who just, like, wants to love you and, like, show you his hammer. Not even not even euphemistically. And, like, he just wants to be bros with everyone and have glorious battles. And you could, I can kind of see him, like, in terms of that, you know, when he does this whole, like... I'm going to spin the hammer and then use it to shoot myself up into the sky. Yeah. You can almost see him, like, twirling it and being like, Wee! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, on the inside. He's yeah. just so, he's just so, he's one of those people where I, you know, awesome. yeah, like, everyone has that friend where you're around them and you just, like, can't stop smiling. Like, right. you're a dork, but, like, I love you. You just make people happy. And I think Thor is that character for me. But he also played it really beautifully where he has this now, like, underlying level of sadness mm-hmm. about his brother which like we just have a long fucking conversation about loki guys oh, we did yeah. we should should we do it now or should we wait until should later? we wait or like do we want to do we want to have like a whole loki section do we want to okay what other I random think, stuff i think we, we should first? yeah i think we should do loki later did you see that gif on tumblr of thor holding out his hand for the hammer and it just says asio hammer or accio hammer is that how you say it? i don't think i ever really really knew how it goes Akio or Asio. Yeah, I don't know either, but I do know that that's bitching and that's awesome. <laughs> right? It's also a wizard. I want, yeah. <laughs> I want to have like a gif of someone giving him the hammer and being like, you're a wizard, Thor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. Where I'm sure there probably isn't Avengers Harry Potter. There, if know. there isn't right? fandom, there needs to Get be. Get on that. Because what needs to happen is that Tony, Steve, Bruce... And Thor and Natasha and Clint need to be trapped in divination together. Obviously. And their professor needs to be Nick Fury. And by um, the way, Loki is like the only one who ever gets perfect grades. Because he just makes up elaborate deaths based on his tea leaves. <laughs> yes. He just comes up with ever more gruesome deaths. Yes. Oh, he'd be such an emo kid, too. Oh my god, he'd be great. <laughs> he, he would keep trying to pierce pieces of himself. Yeah, it wouldn't go well. No. He'd, he'd have, like, uh, he wouldn't be those assholes he tries to tattoo himself and it doesn't go well. Yes. Yeah. He'd do the ice cube and the needle thing, yeah. like, to punk, like, to pierce his cartilage. Mm-hmm. Ew. Disgusting. <laughs> what the what? Why do you guys know these things? Parent trap. Have you ever done this stuff, Em? No. Oh, ice, apple. I was sheltered carefully from potential death threats. It's That's true. not death. That's like maybe tetanus and like. <laughs> no, no, like <laughs> yeah, and you got a shot for that. Yeah. 
Whatever. I feel like you guys, you know, you learned a bunch of things on like public transit. Every time I rode public transit, I was we both from, from the suburbs. suburbs. Like, what did you think our town was out. like? Like, I think I literally grew up in a white clapboard house with baby shutters. I literally like almost never left the house. It was like not allowed. Oh my god! You know what this means, Emily is a nicely, a gently bred young woman from a Regency romance novel. Aww. Back when it was, like, socially acceptable to be a shut-in. Yeah! We need to find you a reformed rake, Emily, because they make the best husbands. That's what I'm told, but I was too busy learning tea ceremony and how to curtsy, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I love, I always love it when, like, you just casually out-weird me. It's always really comforting to know that, like, there is more in this barrel. (laughs) There's always lower. Yeah, there's always lower. Oh, other things I loved. Um, Steve Rogers in this movie was fantastic. Oh, my God. I, and I think it's so interesting because out of all the other um, movies that sort of, you know, fed into the Avengers movie, you know, Iron Man has a very sort of, you know, bottle feel to it. Both yeah. of them where you're like, you know, now we're going off to save the day again or, you know, yeah. essentially do to do. And Thor is the same way where he's like, you know, and I'll be back to do to do. And then but the, ending, but the ending of the Captain America movie is actually like a really, really weird ending. Yes. In a lot of ways because it doesn't really... It can't really resolve itself at all. And so, and you never actually get to see him really adjusting to, you know, modern life. Yeah. Or sort of coming into his own and trying to deal with that. And yet I still feel like you did get a sense of him kind of in having something to do and a purpose sort of coming into his own in a way and like not being as lost as you think he probably should be I would in be, his current position. Yeah. Which was really nice to see, sort of. It was like, aw, Steve Rogers. Yeah. I you would get shit done. Yes. You're familiar. You're back among, like, you know, soldiers and stuff and, like, yeah. doing things and saving people and, like, being awesome. Like, like making the hard decisions. Good because for you, someone baby. needs to make the hard decisions. Yes. I would be very curious to know how much time had elapsed between the end of the Captain America movie and um, the beginning of this. I don't think there was really that much I, I didn't really get that in, and where I'm taking that impression from is when uh, he lands or when they come to the uh, what what the heck do you call the fucking flying the helicarrier the helicarrier I'm clearing my ignorance the good ship awesome yeah <laughs> and um and uh, Natasha makes sort of the offhand comment of like how it was quite a, a to do when uh, they found you yeah um, that seemed like very much like a, oh this recently happened kind of right. thing to me at least that was sort of the impression that I got from it that it was just sort of like I they just recently, sense. like, found yeah. him. And, uh, Even yeah. the last scene in Captain America, the, like, scene that happens right after the credits. Um, the yeah, and they, they basically take it with him in the punching bag. Yeah, that's the first right. scene that you see him in the Avengers. So, true. Sure. Right. I basically yeah. consider the Avengers to be Captain America 2. Yeah, yeah, that's sort of true. I, I mean, it was the most blatant one in terms of, like, yeah. you'll have to tune in next time to find out what happens to Steve in the future. I also think that in terms of characters for the Avengers movie, there's always, like, interesting ways that feed into the characterization and perception of characterization, right? Because if you come into these movies cold, like, if you had never seen any of the previous movies, you get one read on them. If you had only known the Marvel characters through the movies, you get one read on them. If you had gone into the comics, before you get another read on them i'm one of those people who never read the comics but i watched the movies and afterward i did research because i was interested and i i loved steve rogers as a character but i also wasn't really sure i I, i'm very very suspicious of people who are certain in their correctness and i feel like steve is if nothing else certain in his moral correctness and all things which 
meant that when I got into this movie and I saw him being angry about stuff, but also like recognizing that he was being angry about stuff enough to step back and listen to what Stark and Bruce were saying and to like actually go investigate when they were pulling up all of these like X, Y, and Z arguments. Right. I was like, yes, this is like, you just won my love because you've now become like a fully rounded character. That's not just, I have a war to fight and I know that this is right. Well, I think that my favorite moment in terms of that is when Tony is like, you know, Fury doesn't tell you everything. Yeah. And like him being like, Oh, like yeah. the people in charge are not necessarily trustworthy. You know, right. Yeah. And I ha- might have to figure this out for myself. Yeah. yeah. And then he like decides to go break into random places in the helicarrier. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was actually a bad thing to reveal, Steve, that you could be pushed to that because Tony's going to abuse that shit like yeah. crazy. Yeah, the shit out of that. But it really made me want Steve Rogers P.I. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Steve Rogers, private investigator. It's echoing silence. He'd be amazing. <laughs> He'd be so amazing. Nobody else. No, I don't. I don't. But I, like, can you imagine, like, Steve? Don't, internet, don't write that because that will no. suck. Well, it would it, be kind of actually. I feel like hilarious uh, on a certain level because you know that he would be like, I think my wife is cheating on me, and then he would go investigate and like see the wife boning someone else, and then he'd just be like, sad. <laughs> <laughs> he Why might, do people do bad things? <laughs> For the wife to come out and be, be like, like you shouldn't do this. You're married. You, you don't, don't love your husband, husband anymore. Maybe you should think about getting a divorce. <laughs> I think that's exactly like it would be have to be a humor piece. Right. But I would read it. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> I feel like that a P that PI is at least in my mind are like inherently it's a cynical like question yes. and that's why that would be funny, but I not because like it makes idea. any fucking sense at all. Like, <laughs> I know. See, like he and Tony could be like rival PIs. But Steve is really bad at it, and Tony's really good at it. This sounds horrible. Um, my brain isn't actually working today. You're so alone on this. We can't go with you. I'm not going to give you a kitten to take with you on this journey because it's dangerous. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's how bad, bad that is. <laughs> Think about what you did. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else from you in the squee-love-it category? Oh, uh, this is sort of dovetailing to Loki, but I actually, again, want to reiterate, loved the Hulk in this. Yeah. Loved the Hulk in this. Most especially that part where he picks up Loki, beats the living <laughs> shit out of him inside of Tony's apartment. Yeah. That was the greatest thing that happened yeah. to me ever. <laughs> she she was very excited by it. I can, can so happy. that. Yeah. I, I can imagine it. I also love when Loki tries to turn Tony, and he's like, sorry, performance issues. That was really cute. Yeah, I like the little metal clink from the yeah. thing hitting his yeah. arc reactor, and did, doesn't Loki say something like that usually works? Yeah. Right. And Tony's like, sorry. <laughs> that was so good for me. An official segue time. Can I, can I actually, before we segue? Yes. I'm sorry, can we can we take a moment to say that Black Widow yes. was fucking yes. like the most what the fuck? Ass. How did we completely forget that? <laughs> yeah. We definitely just talked about how fucking awesome she was. She, she was, was awesome. fantastic. Oh, I just want to yeah. be her. Um, well, pretty much, like, as soon as they, like, that whole, her opening scene, awesome. Yeah. For so many levels. Yeah. Like, and, and the way that she definitely manipulates people into thinking that she's some helpless character and then is like, actually, I'm using you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taking your gendered expectations of me and I'm using them to I, fuck with you. It's yeah. great because it's not, like... <laughs> She's not just good at physical violence. She's actually really smart. And the way that they show it isn't like, hey, look how smart she is. It's like, 
yeah, Black Widow, Black Widow, holy shit balls. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I think that the other thing that I really enjoyed about her characterization, and particularly the way that ScarJo decided to play it, and I, I, like, this is going to be inarticulate, and I have no idea whether or not anyone will actually understand or parse what I'm about to say. But I feel like there's this trap that people fall into, that if you want to write a strong female character, that strong female character is inherently, supposedly, without flaw. Because mm-hmm. she has to be, like, a badass and, like, ultra hot, have no time for anybody's shit and be like flawless and whatever and to show zero vulnerability which is the point why I don't like quote unquote strong female characters because they're not actually interesting characters they're shitty characters and whenever I see overcompensating exactly and like whenever I see all of fandom like rallying around these people it pisses me off because you're basically loving the female version of a Viagra ad right like that nobody's actually like that you're not encouraging the writing of like good female characters you're just like desperately grasping for something that's like not actually there whereas in this movie I thought that one of the greatest moments is that initial scene with her and Bruce Banner in the hut on the outskirts of the city. Mm-hmm. And um, when Bruce is screaming at her and she pulls the gun, right. she's absolutely, like, her hand is absolutely still. Like, there's no question that she will, like, shoot him in the face many times right. if he starts anything with her. But there's a look of genuine human fear on right. her face because, I mean, like, I don't know enough about her history, but it seems like she was, like, mind-controlled as a child and, like, trained into a killer assassin or whatever. So, like, she knows horrible things, right? Like, she's lived through horrible things, and that's going to have written on her. And that makes her a much more interesting person, that she knows all the awfulness that comes, that she's in one way or another somehow, like, atoning for, or, like, she's chosen the side of the better angels for some reason. That we will know, and when she gets her own damn movie. Which she better. Which she better. Uh, And that she has the courage every single fucking day to make this decision over and over again. And that's so cool. She's just so badass. I love that. Um, Yeah, she was, she was really good. And I think, um, like that, that moment was definitely more like some instinct, like very instinctive. I've seen shit. Like, yeah, I've seen shit go down. Like that, yeah, it was definitely an instinctive response that had nothing to do with her, like, you know, her training in terms of being, you know, an assassin or spy. And I also did kind of like the way... I love the fight with her and Clint, though, because that was a very intimate fight that they had. Yeah, where, like, you know that they they know each other well and... um, That they trained together. Yeah, I also did think it was sort of interesting, though I feel like they actually probably could have done more in trying to sort of articulate the reason why her and Clint go from being, you know, spies to moving into the superhero, like, era of, like, or area of why we have to, like, step up and actively be, like, saving people as opposed to just using our skills to, you know. I would be okay with them articulating that in a film, in a separate movie, (laughs) maybe two separate movies. Like, one that's all about the Black Widow that has some Clint in it, and then one that's all about Clint with some Black Widow in it. I'm okay with that. Take all the money that you were going to burn in a pyre on the fucking Hulk movie version 3. Like, (laughs) I don't high-yield account for an hour and then, like, make (laughs) two actual good films. Plus, you can save on the visual effects budget. Yes, thank you. There you go. Cost-effective. And done. done. <laughs> Look at us. Marvel Studios, you know how to reach us if you want us for your in-house creative team. <laughs> Did you see that they cut a line from the script where Thor and Loki are talking and, like, really face close to each other? I think I, I saw something that implied that in Tumblr. I'm assuming that's what you're talking about. Yes. And, and it was, like, was actually implied. 
And he's like, give us a kiss. That's from the Thor movie. Is it? Yes. Damn it. That's what I get for not reading tags. But I was going to say, they had to cut some gay. Like, they definitely had to reduce some of the gay because that was pretty gay all around. Right. Yeah. Moving on back to Loki as a character. What are your thoughts? I'm curious. What are your thoughts? Yeah, what are your thoughts on Loki? We're sussing out your opinions before we give our own. Yeah. Okay. Loki First. reminds me of my cousin who was adopted and spoiled and is a brat and then kept injuring herself violently. Like, that's basically Loki. Oh, my God. Hmm. Holy crap. <laughs> That's a weirdly good breakdown, yeah. though. I was like, I've seen this person before. It's my cousin. Aww. You know, like, the year the Tickle Me Elmo was a big yes. thing? Yes. She had got, like, four Tickle Me Elmos. To do what with? I don't know. Maybe she needed one to tickle with each hand <laughs> and both feet. <laughs> the girl who had, like, like six Tamagotchis and, like, like ridiculous, so spoiled, <laughs> so unhappy. And then later, like, at this point in her life, about the same age as me, continuously injuring herself in horrible ways. Oh, good lord. I'm like, you That's already have their like... attention. Relax. <laughs> they clearly love you. <laughs> sort of. Ugh. That took a really sad turn. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I, I, yeah. I was just about to say that, like, I don't like him at all. Like, I don't even dislike him in the sense that people dislike villains. I just think that, like, Loki Well, but is... he's not really, like, a villain. No, he's not. Like, he's just, like, he's a crazy, he's, like, a crazy motherfucker who doesn't he... make sense. And I do not get what the big fucking deal about him is. Well, yeah, I, again, I don't really think he's not, like, a villain in, like, a straight-up villain sense. He is... A character that I think you're supposed to sympathize with, but is nonetheless doing horrible, batshit things to our heroes and trying to ruin their lives. Which yeah. is an interesting sort of line to walk. And uh, and Tom Hiddleston, I think, to his credit, does play him very well. Sure. And I can totally see why fandom seems to love him because I he don't is misunderstood. I don't. Uh, and uh, you know, I have no patience in, for bullshit in the world like, that. like in at feeling inadequate and that nobody really loves him, which is you know, not up soldiers. Which is sort of like whatever proof which is sort of fandoms you know bread and butter let's be honest and like poor misunderstood people. you know what I mean? but but you know come on you know that's that's what that's what we love is you know it's who we be sadly again i don't really personally have a lot of strong feelings about him uh in that regard but i can totally see why people do the reason people love loki it's is the popular. same yeah it's the same reason that people love draco Malfoy. right exactly same, same shit also like, confusing. Don't understand why people like Draco Malfoy either. Yeah. No, I don't uh, get it, but he's going to be crazy popular. It's it's a type. No, That's- he's already crazy. Okay, like, and I'm fully aware that what I'm basically doing right now is opening the floodgates to, like, get endless <laughs> She's hate. a lot of... She's a lot of feels, y'all. I'm, like, about to get, like, endless hate mail. And, like, I can already feel Cobweb Diamond, like, drafting her first, like, pay-in of how she's going to, like, kill me with her evil Scottish ways, right? But, like... Why? I don't understand. Like, everyone who is like, I just love Loki so much. Like, he could rule me any day. Why? He would be, first of all, he would be a terrible monarch. Unstable. Just, like, makes terrible relationship decisions, platonic or diplomatic. Or obviously romantic, considering his, like, first grandchild is already, like, in fucking Odin's stables. And, like, his plans suck. They don't work. Like, <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing that, um, that Prue and I were talking about earlier is that the, the interesting, I think there's a weird tension in the film in terms of, like, his motivations and, like, 
the the threat that our heroes are facing yeah. in terms of whether Loki is acting on like a personal vendetta vendetta in terms of his brother and the people that his brother or sort of is just happens to be hanging around with like yeah. not they're not even friends they're not loved ones like Jane is yeah like Jane is like not in the the running yeah for but, being but whether he just wants you know mess with Thor and like his you know coworkers essentially. And just to be like he shits can. and giggles, um, or whether he, in like a more like broader megalomaniac sense, wants to rule Earth. Why? Yeah, and like whether he, and like the way that he actually manages to execute that seems to waver, like within like moment to moment between whether he wants to like take over the world and rule it so everyone will love him, or whether he wants to like fuck with Thor <laughs> because his brother. I don't know. He has complicated <laughs> feelings about his brother. Um, however, he sounds like a terrible supernatural path yeah well you know whatever. they're not actually brothers it's fine yeah. no what just happened on this he's adopted <laughs> yeah they're, they're not really totally cool and in the way in which at least for me it kind of contributed at least to some like haziness in terms of my ability to understand like what the heck was even fucking happening or what he was actually trying to accomplish because i didn't yeah. really get it i like, didn't get it in thor either like okay, the movie thor I think it was a little clearer in Thor, um, because I think he was just sort of a little more like just sort of out for himself, and he wanted to like his brother wanted to be king, so he was like, "No, I'm going to be king," and like that's what he managed to achieve, and like you know, and then he had his downfall. But and this was sort of like him actively being like, "I'm going to go to Earth and fuck shit up," even though Thor's not here, because I feel like it. Like I don't know, I had trouble grasping his motivations. I think that I the, from the way that like, and I and I don't necessarily know. I think I I personally attribute it to sort of like shitty writing in terms yeah. of Joss Whedon. I'm sorry. But I, I think that you I can see like from watching the movie the structural bones of like like everyone who has ever written or like worked on something creatively like has that moment where you're like oh I'm so close to actually accomplishing this but I'm gonna fail super hard because I just like can't seem to like get it can't close completely it. Yeah. like can't close the deal like right. can't seal it down shut it down and like I could I could see the bones of what he was trying to do yeah and it was very much, it starts off with Tom Hiddleston playing a version of Loki that, like, after he's been cast off the Rainbow Bridge, BT dubs Loki, no one threw you off that fucking bridge. You, like, go yourself. <laughs> shut your whore mouth. <laughs> like, him, like, dropping down into the ocean of the universe, like, probably been picked up, like, had some rough times, and started hanging around with these, like, really rough dudes. And I think <laughs> the idea... He fell in with a bad crowd. He fell in with a bad crowd. Guys. No, okay. Listen. No, listen. What are you doing? I think the idea is that he got in over his head. Right. Because in the beginning, he doesn't look happy. <laughs> he looks sort of abused. Like, he looks tired and he has, like, a sort of, like, there's a weariness. There's yeah. a weariness. And every time someone is, like, cut it, shut it down, it's not like, I don't want to. It's like, it's too late. You can't. Like, it's beyond his control now. He started something, and even if he regrets it, he's going to see it through to the end. But the problem with this plot is that, like, in the middle, he doesn't take, he doesn't do, you have two courses of action at this point, right? Like, you can either have that person continue with your fatalistic recognition that they've started something terrible, but they have to see it through to the end. Right. Or you can have them turn good and try to, like, rescue that we right. knew that that wasn't going to be the way that went because he's supposedly our big bad for this movie right but he also didn't take the first one either he like midway through decides to go like megalomaniacal like i was king of asgard you can't talk to me like that at which point the hulk justifiably just like beat the shit out of <laughs> yeah. him yeah well and i think i also feel like it's weird because you could if you had more personal stuff involved yes. in motivation or less 
you could have, it would have made more sense to me. But it was the exact it was wrong weird amount. in the middle. And, like, if you had been like, I'm going to go fuck with her because I want to get my brother's attention. Like, that is that, that is totally motivation legit. where I'd be like, yeah, sure. Like, yeah. that makes perfect sense. You know it's going to bring Thor out and he's going to yeah. pay be like, he's going to come be like, brother, what the fuck are you doing? I'm going to eat that um, up with a spoon. Yeah, sure. I would be all over that. And I guess maybe that was implied, but it was never, like, explicitly stated. And, like, the stupid, you know, beginning of the movie, <laughs> as, like, ham-handed as it was, didn't really do anything to, like, help establish it and then it was just never clear from that moment on like why he was really doing what he was doing at least not to me so he could maybe fabulous on a whole new planet yeah right so my understanding of the rainbow bridge is that when you have the actual bridge that that they broke uh is like that's fine you can travel from one part of yggdrasil to the other but if you Mm. don't have the bridge you are basically falling through space time both forever and for nothing like like, mm-hmm. all the time in the world and no time. Right. Which would drive you mad. And assumedly, he winds up on that crazy asteroid with those crazy aliens instead of on Earth, where he probably intends to go. Mm-hmm. And um, then he needs to find a way to get to Earth, and then basically is like, I'll get you the Tesseract if you take me, put me on Earth with an army. Yeah, which presumably he was mad when he made that deal. Like, right. mad insane. Right, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. But, you know, like, but there wasn't literally enough of, like, a, I don't know, there wasn't... He was too, like, he was yeah. too lucidly self-serving midway through that movie to be like, I'm crazy or, from space-time. Right. Exactly. Or there, you know, there wasn't, like, enough of, like, a visceral, like, a change that you could feel of him yeah. being, like, he came back and he wasn't, that boy wasn't crying, right? Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> like, he was, he was, he was very, <laughs> like, right. he like, was a little <laughs> fucked up in the beginning. Like, but he was always a little fucked up. up so, yeah. yeah. He was like a little, he looked busted in the beginning, but he got real healthy in the middle and like just... Yeah, that's valid. But here's the other thing. Odin, real good at raising sons to kill things. Not so good at raising sons to have smarts. When Thor first lands on Earth in Thor, that boy is dumb. That boy is like ultra dumb. He's like, I'm just gonna break shit. He's beautiful. He's so beautiful, but he's beautiful like a painting. It doesn't yeah, have his a hair brain. is so shiny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he's he's a dick, and the only reason that he actually can behave on Earth is because he wants to impress Jane and get in her pants. Right. That is the it's only reason. No, I, no, I, I don't I, think that I, was I, it. I think, I obviously would probably be more accurate to, like, yeah, to convince Jane to let him get anywhere near. Yeah. <laughs> because, like, Or Thor, to do more than just bone him and be like, that was good for me, see ya. <laughs> yeah. His Thor was actually a gentleman yeah. in that movie, right? Like, well, he, he kissed her hand, right? And then Jane was like, "Fuck this noise!" Right? <laughs> like I'm feeding you. I better get some tongue at least, right? <laughs> Which is another reason I loved Thor. Thank you, Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, he's great with the ladies, but he's kind of terrible at everything until he spends enough time with those people. Whereas Loki, like, falls for a long time, is already fucked up, then gets there, and nobody is like, "Listen, dude, you can't do that." So he's like, "I'm gonna fuck shit up. I'm gonna fuck all the shit." Let's do this. Right. And I, I would buy that. Like, if he was crazy, if he was space crazy and hurt, and this was, like, a crazed vendetta against Earth on because of Thor, I think that's completely understandable. Right. But like I said, or he like, just sort of has this giant empty wound, empty hole in his chest where he wants people to love him. Yeah. And that's what's sort of feeding his need to want everyone to, like, love him and rule everybody and, like, why he wants his brother's attention. Yeah. And, like, all of that being wrapped up in a very similar thing. And I can, like, understand that on, like, a theory, like, on a level when I think about his character, but it wasn't really super evident in the movie on like yes. a minute by minute basis to me. Was, so agreed. Yeah. Well spoken. Thank you. Thank you. 
but yes direct your hate mail rageproofrock yes. at gmail.com I, I say, anticipate your swear words <laughs> so um, I will say though like as, as a human Tom Hiddleston seems like a thoroughly delightful oh human. my god that, that man is so precious he, yes. he is as crazy as that bag of cats yes as Bruce Banner said Lockheed I paid for your lunch asshole <laughs> Have you ever seen that? I have. Yeah. I've, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. I've enjoyed Tom Hiddleston more than I have enjoyed his character in the movies. Yeah. Just, does anyone think that maybe he'll come back in the, the confirmed Avengers sequel? He has to. Like, like even, what capacity, though? I don't but, know. But, but like, I would really like it if he was on some sort of, like, work release program. <laughs> like, like Misfits, only, you know, he has to do community service. Yeah, but can you just imagine having to do community service, but with Thor as, like, your parole officer? Oh that would go well. That would be, like, the worst. He's already like, working on Thor 2, supposedly. Excellent. But see, I, I mean, basically, like, I'm, I honestly just want them to get along. Like, I don't want them to be at odds with each other at all. I have no desire for that. Yeah. Like, because as you've said, Thor is kind of stupid. Yeah. He's, like, very well-meaning, but he's dumb. And, like, they should be co-kings and have arguments where Loki, like, <laughs> keeps making Thor fall for that hologram Loki thing. And Thor keeps getting mad and putting his hammer on Loki's chest and trapping him places. <laughs> That's all I want. Yeah. Well, I, I do think also, like, just in a complete side note, I think in terms of the, the humor in the movie, the funniest part of the whole film for me was that whole, like, he's my brother, you're not going to talk about him that way. And then Natasha's like, he killed 80 people in two days. He's, he's like, like, he's adopted. <laughs> Which apparently is a source of much controversy now. Right. Of course yeah. People who are like, don't say that about adopted people. That's horrible. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Good that, job. of course, happened. Oh, <laughs> <sighs> good times good, good times. times yeah I mean I, I do kind of want them to like work out their shit I, I just, feel like everything would be fine then yeah I'm like it's weird like I usually really like prolonged conflict like because I think it's realistic and it's there's interesting stuff to plumb there mm. but genuinely between the two of them I just want to be like dude Loki chill the fuck out let Thor hug you for like an hour right and then just stop Stop it. Your children miss you. Like, you need to go home. Stop. I can't. I can't help it. It's just, like, going to be great forever. Um, your kids miss you. Go home. Like, be, like, not crazy. Or be crazy as, like, 19 cats in a box instead of 20. It's like, go home with your life. I still going to be happy. He needs to stop attacking New York. Which is the thing we need oh. to talk about. Prue and I, I currently live in New York. Yes. And she used to. And I have a lot of, lot of New York City feelings. And, uh, you know, love yeah. and hate. Love and hate. But a lot of feelings. Yeah. That you can only really understand if you live there. Yeah. Um, it's the sort of hate that you can only have if you have loved. Yes. Exactly. Yes. And people who don't love New York City are idiots. And people who don't hate New York City are fools. We also both, at least have or do work in midtown manhattan which is where yeah. the climactic battle of the film took place and i have to give them major major props and i've seen a lot of movies quote unquote set in new, new york, york city where you're like lies where people walk from like one end of the island to the other while they're like coming home from dinner and they've like crossed like five different neighborhoods and like made like a loop-de-loop and like it makes no <laughs> fucking sense and there's no actual like geographic like possibility possibility of you actually doing what you claimed you just did and 
that, that was actually uncomfortably accurate. Dead on accurate in terms of the geography of Midtown Manhattan and where they went and the buildings and everything about it was was almost like was uncomfortably on the nose. It was so dead on. To the point where uh, when I was watching this movie, like before we actually, before the movie started running, Mayor actually leaned over to me and was like, uh, before this starts, I just want you to know that there is a point in this movie where they start ripping up New York. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like every movie destroys New York. And she was like, no, it's no. going get weird. Yeah. And I was like, all right. But then it opens and they're like busting up Grand Central, which by the way, why couldn't you guys destroy Penn? Yeah. Grand Central is a pretty one. Penn Station is an ugly rat's nest for people's Which we want yeah. to destroy so we can revive the old design anyways yeah. and then there's that horrible moment the one that like the two moments in that movie that like killed me was when um i can't remember which one of them said it but they were like take it up park and i was like don't take it up park like just because that right. is the widest of the avenues doesn't mean that it should be destroyed <laughs> right it's the only attractive one has trees in the there's Indian. some flowers it's gorgeous you they, can see the sky they put public art there yeah <laughs> It's, it's beautiful. There's some very nice jewelers along Park. Yeah. And then the other one was when they were going through the the tunnel by Grand Central that has all this really beautiful 1930s sort of carving work in yeah. it. And, like, just beating the literal shit out of it. Where I was, like, curled yeah. up in this uncomfortable ball on the theater seat being like, don't do yeah. And just meeting it's over that that snake thing knocks the statue off the top of the it's building. It's so like, mean. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, and I basically I think like that more than anything else in terms of uh, and that was at least as much for me a character that was being threatened. Yeah. As any as any of the Avengers, where I was like, just leave her alone. Yeah, definitely. She never did anything to you. At, at some point, the destruction porn was really bad. Yeah. And I was listening to a very like. By the way, guys, I'm going to mention this, but don't listen to it because it's really offensive otherwise. The slate culture podcast talked about the Avengers in the latest episode and it was completely without merit and vile and just was a bunch of like olds who didn't know what the fuck they were talking about. Was there fan shaming? There was not only fan shaming but there was definitely a reference to you're a grown woman why are you watching a superhero movie like Dinosaur? Yeah exactly. I don't listen to it guys (laughs) because they're just it was just genuinely offensive but they did make a really good point where at the very end of the movie there is that sequence of people like lighting candles in Union Square and like putting up the missing people posters where like look it was, it was supposed to be a direct like reference it to was, like post 9 11 it was New York. way too much of a reference yeah, which to post 9 11 New York don't which like you, you guys never allowed to do that, that card. you, sh- <laughs> never. you really really shouldn't do that it's like the same thing as like making a point and then pointing your camera at the super empty sky where the Twin Towers used to be like I know what you're trying to do just like don't do it there's like no graceful way to do that and it should have been avoided yeah and and it was kind of I feel like I also in terms of for me like shitty writing that whole montage at the end of people being like thanking the Avengers that news montage of you know including that scene of that where if you're going to actually do that you can't actually at least for me and I think I'm I'm probably just overly invested in New York City getting destroyed and the way that the movie showed it you know it's because they did it so realistically so realistically for me that like coming out of that like that is not like a triumphant like I'm so glad the Avengers are here to save us. That's like how many buildings and people died. Yeah. And like, you're supposed to be like, yay. 
yay and like if you hadn't mentioned it like that i wouldn't have like even had yeah. a problem with it but the fact you wouldn't try to make it. like the people of new york rallying around the avengers after something like that happening like the one moment that actually felt authentic was the was the you know bureaucrat complaining about who was going to pay for the property damage which yeah. i was like that is new york city and i'm like to a t and like everything else is just sort of like hackneyed and like inauthentic to me speaking of which the hollywood reporter went and um called up a bunch of uh disaster actuaries like from insurance oh, companies yeah and they estimated total damage from that movie 160 billion dollars yeah also why was everyone still in their office buildings and not like evacuated according to their disaster yeah plans? all of those people should have been <laughs> sitting in central park and they will obviously we'd all be dead yeah but like that's that's how that company midtown office building fire drills have i participated in too, too many, many. <laughs> too yes. many how many have I, like, tweeted as I'm, like, going down the steps in direct contravention of the rules? Yeah. Too many. Right? You guys do that? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's bad. It's No, it's not no, awesome. No, it's... no, the drills. No, they're horrible. It's no. Like, like I, I know exactly where I'm supposed to go. In the event that that thing actually happens, there is an emergency, like, evacuation yeah. plan of where I need to be and who I need to contact in the case that, like, aliens from outer space do actually attack. I have, like, a specific corner of Central Park that I'm supposed to go stand in. Yeah, we have a rendezvous point in my department of where yeah. we specifically are supposed to go. And, like, in exit corporate strategy. Risk officer exactly. Yes. Um, yeah. Wow. And, his continuity plans to the point where we can like do our you know, work with each other yeah and like in our job locations yes. like where we fall back on the secondary system yeah. in case you guys can't tell Mary and I are both suits <laughs> yeah um which is also why again why like that moment when everyone was in the office building when the Hulk was like running through it I'm like they no, why would so you even be there you'd be, be gone. gone you'd be so gone whatever but other than that moment everything else <laughs> The destruction of Midtown Manhattan was, was like, a little too accurate. close to home. Yeah, it so. made me uncomfortable. I had definitely had some uncomfortable like 9-11 feelings. It also went on too long. Yeah, and I was like, I'm not even American. I don't live in New York. I've only been there like three times, and I'm uncomfortable with this. I can't imagine what being a New Yorker is like watching this movie. Yeah, it was really great. <laughs> it, was, it was a little uncomfortable, and I was surprised by my reaction to it, because you see New York getting destroyed all the time. Right. But perhaps it's like a combination of the fact that, like, most other movies, you're shooting somewhere else for New York, and oh, the destruction right. is so, I don't know, I guess well, it's, it's like... Well, like, it's like there, there's a certain, like, you know that this is just, you know, oh, we're destroying New York, and like... Yeah, but they're not doing it to the specific building that you know, because you walk past. Like, they got it so right that you're you're like literally looking at the scenery that you go past every day being like ripped that up. Some poor asshole actually probably mapped that entire fight scene yeah. out on the grid and like no, knows like, where everyone's fucking Please don't going. do yeah. that because that was terrible for <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah, it was great. Uh, it was so much fun. Oh, but speaking since we're already depressed, guys, we have to talk about this Colson business. Okay, um, I, I, I'm sorry, I'm gonna hijack this for a moment to say that. Uh, <laughs> Um, <laughs> where's this going I, I, I naively had been sort of I guess not you know, anticipating fooled, fooled into thinking that perhaps this would be a Joss Whedon movie where nobody died because um, it was a comic book movie and why why would that happen yes. um, and, and everything that I had heard had led me to believe that maybe this would be the time that nobody died and I have a long history of like having like my one favorite character in a Joss Whedon movie is the only one that bites it and I'm like well that's great <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, like I, I was the girl who rolled up into my special sneak screening of Serenity, being like, "I don't, I'll be okay as long as nobody but Wash, as long as Wash doesn't bite it." And then like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was me. And 
And I rolled into this movie being like, out of obviously like you know the Avengers, none the of the six of Avengers, none of I obviously you know none of the six Avengers are going to die in this movie. But in terms of everyone else, I was like, in terms of the minor characters, I'll be okay as long as Coulson doesn't die. And uh, and that's really when I should have known that uh, he was the one who was going to bite it. <laughs> but I was dumb and, and stupid and younger back then, and I just I didn't see it coming until it was too late. And also like to a certain extent, even after he died, because it was a little like unclear and clumsy in terms of like oh yeah. I, like, didn't believe it. Yeah. And I don't know if that was just me, like, the sheer force of my denial sort of kept me <laughs> from being like, wait a minute, wait, he died. He just died? No, that wasn't the shoot. That wasn't the <laughs> shoot. Because I was genuinely, like, when Nick Fury and Coulson are, like, on that floor and, like, Coulson goes still. And I was, like, wait, I was genuinely waiting for him to be, like, to shake himself out of it a second later. Because that was such an odd scene. Mm-hmm. And, and like, Justin, you should know how to kill people. You're better than this. Yeah, like, come on. You've made me cry through, like, seven different fandoms at this point. <laughs> like, what? 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 Why? Why did you have to take him away from us? I, yeah. I don't actually believe that he's dead. I know that they're going to be like, no, he's dead. But in my head, he's alive. No. And Fury just did that to fuck with people and get them to, like, get their shit in gear. Well, we need to talk about also. I'm going to yeah. keep pretending that he's alive. I, I'll go with you. I will go with you there, Emily. I may not follow you anywhere else that you've yeah. gone today, but I will follow you down that particular road. But one thing that, that we were actually talking about earlier is the interesting way in which the typical, I think, like, you know, Joss Whedon kills people, sort of this, like, emotional manipulation, crying, wank, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, I'm going to, here's how I'm going to make you have feels, and I'm going to make you love them, and I'm going to kill them, and this is just sort of how I roll, which, you know, is pretty much what he does, whether you, like, agree, like, you know, yeah. the way that he works or not but the way in which that sort of like emotional manipulation actually became text yeah um in the world of the movie which is sort of a very interesting choice at least in my opinion because to and it's not even because i feel like it was something that i don't think nick fury would do because he would it was just done but he would do it but he wouldn't do it like that I think was the conclusion we reached. Yes, yes. Yeah. Where um, the whole, like, here are his cards. He still believed in heroes. Uh, he would be more like, look what the fuck just happened. You guys need to get your shit together. Yeah. Um, would be more the tone that I would expect exactly. that entire thing to go. And instead it was like, you know, he here are his cards with his blood on it. And he, you know, believed in heroes. And you should, you know, Yeah, this is a right dude, thing. like, this is a man who wears, like, a fucking black leather duster <laughs> in the middle of presumably hot summer in New York because heat is afraid to touch him. And, like, bazooka in F-22 trying to, like, take off from his helicarrier. Right. Like, I, I, like, I believe he would do shady shit in, completely. like... Yeah, but I don't really believe that he would go down that That is route. not the way he would go down. Um, yeah. Not just yeah. that, but Coulson was very proud about the condition of those cards. <laughs> No yeah, right? Like that is keeping those like, in his you know, pocket. He, he knows all about, like, the fucking foxing. Well, like, how is he supposed to resell them now when there's blood on <laughs> I know. But, like, Not that he would ever be selling right? them. Those things are in hard plastic cases. They're kept in his locker in, like, a box that is watertight. Like... Nothing you know what fucking touches. I have this really funny image of like Nick Fury trying to like trying to like take each one of the cards out of their like plastic meeting and unwrapping all of them and then like dipping them in blood. (laughs) (laughs) That is really fucked up. (laughs) But I do actually have a potential theory of how they could have Clark Gregg continue to be a delightful presence in the following movies, but also keep him dead. 
Okay, so remember how Tony Stark hacked S.H.I.E.L.D. and was basically downloading the entire system onto Jarvis remotely? Yes. What if, when they bring it back online, they have to do it off of Tony's copy, which means that he could upload an AI and call it Coulson for S.H.I.E.L.D. And then Coulson would basically run S.H.I.E.L.D. Phil Agent Coulson, the AI. Yeah. Yeah. You heard it here first. That's right. (laughs) Call us, Marvel. Call us. Don't even fucking lie. That would be awesome. It would be heartbreaking, but that would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my heart. I know. I, I did kind of also enjoy how they also made him sort of the the fan the fan stand in in terms of his like Captain America feels. Um, yeah. Which was sort of unexpected, yeah. but they managed to make it work. It completely made sense because, yeah. at, like, Captain America's not real. Like, Captain America, he's like, Captain America's like fucking Abraham Lincoln, right? Okay. Like, I would never, I'm not really, like, fatuous about stuff like that. Like, I'm, I, like, refuse to go to cons and, like, meet actors and things. Like, it's just, like, that sort of thing is, like, not really my jam, not really my jelly. But, like, if I ever saw Abraham Lincoln, I would, like, pee myself and cry and scream. Like, I, like, sort of cried at a really beautiful statue of him once before. You know? Like, that's the sort of thing. And that's, you can develop, like, a sort of, like, purity of love for something that is, like, not within the context of your reality. Well, and, like, in, in the sense, in terms of... i die alone. I, just for, I just had that moment of realization. I was like, I cried at an Abraham Lincoln statue. <laughs> Okay, it's okay, baby. Okay. <laughs> I love you anyway. <sighs> You're the only one. <laughs> but I, but I feel like you know, I, I and to pick up from that very sad place that this uh, podcast just it's went. Just men. Through. Uh, <laughs> but I do think like it totally makes sense the qualities that Captain America has as like a quote unquote superhero, where like even though he's really strong, like that's not really what makes him a superhero. Yeah, it's the fact that he is like a genuinely good person down to his bones, and like gets shit beautiful done, bones. and like will do you know the right thing, and makes the hard decisions, and can like lead people, um, and like manage people very effectively, which is something that I really enjoy about yeah. his character, especially in the end, um, in the climactic battles scene um, where you got to see sort of that coming out and those are all the things that you could totally see Phil Coulson as a person like yeah. even like you know in, is admiring like, the legend of Captain America and like meeting him in person would, yeah. would totally be all about which is another which sort of like goes hand in hand with the earlier Nick Fury thing right. where I was saying like okay look I think that the Captain America fanboying completely makes sense because no one ever expects to really meet Captain America right like he's like an amazing thing that happened once long ago like he's, he, he's like a, a paradigm that is not yeah, an actual person exactly right. whereas like I don't think that I mean I'm sure that Coulson believed in heroes but in no way did he believe in heroes in that like treacly sort of way that Nick Fury was saying when he was trying to manipulate them because Phil Coulson is the least least like he is he gives no fucks about these superhero assholes like he threatened to tase one into the ground and watch super nanny over his drooling body like he rolls his eyes at like fucking thor all the time like he deals with fucking hawkeye and black widow all the time you can just imagine him having to like break up some fucking terrible hair pulling fights in the halls Like, like he's no like he he, these people are not just real they're like crazy batshit teenage divas to him so to be fair if hawkeye would stop stealing her gel 
they wouldn't have this problem. Yeah, but she won't tell him where he she buys it, so what is he supposed to do? <laughs> from Russia, bitch. Uh, <laughs> they were my favorite. I don't they were my favorite brothers in that movie, by the way. They were so awesome. Yeah. I don't know if they're they're heading in like a romantic place, maybe who the hell knows know. where they take that shit. But I would be okay yeah. whether or not they took that to a romantic yeah, place. Me too. I don't want them to be romantic. But you know what I do want? What? Black Widow Hulk. They had they had some they moments. Had really good chemistry together. They, actually, their entire relationship was very interesting. All yeah. of their scenes together were there was a lot of weird things that sort of interesting moments that came to the surface. I think for yeah. both of them, but Santa, I think. yeah. Like I, th- I, I thought they played that really delicately well. Like that that first initial meeting. Yeah. yeah. And just the scene where he's turning into the Hulk and she's pinned down, like her leg is injured. You just see like, she's like, yeah, I'm in physical pain. But more importantly, I can't get away. I can't (laughs) get away. And this is horrible for him, but it's going to be even more horrible for me and for him later if he kills me. I think that that, I think weirdly, that's like a relationship that genuinely has potential because Bruce Banner, like Mark Ruffalo, again, I'm going to go back to this, play that character beautifully in this movie like everything from the body language to the way that he spoke speaks of a person who like has a simmering has the simmering arrogance hidden deep down inside that would attempt something like the stupid hulk thing that got him in this bullshit but that has been crushed down so much by the consequences of his own hubris that like he never really like makes direct eye contact with anybody like he's always that person skirting the edges of a room checking for exits all the time like i thought that reveal at the end where he was like oh that's the thing I'm always angry which right. is really interesting as yeah. well because that, that also like I, I didn't I was able to predict that line about like 15 seconds before nice. it happened and I was like <laughs> but it was just it was he played it beautifully but I think that the reason I could actually see that potentially happening right like that romance actually has some legs if they wanted to play it that way is because she legitimately is someone he doesn't have to worry about in that sense like he could never date a civilian but like if Black Widow was like I would like to date you you're like all right because I think you could take care of yourself right and like were I to hulk out you would probably rip my throat out. But I'm cool with that. Like, And we both know that you would do it because it would be necessary. And yeah, no we'd be square. We'd right. be good times. Right. They were good. Okay, I like that Tony is like, I don't want to be in the Avengers. Shut up. Take your boy band superhero group elsewhere. Secretly building all sorts of plans for all of the Avengers. Like, totally yes. wants to be in on that. He's like, can we just be bros? Like, come on. Well, and I, I think also, sorry, to like backtrack a little bit and contextualize that, um, another area in which, like, the the writing choices of this movie were sort of interesting and maybe not successful in this way was the whole thing of um, the Avengers, like, project is something that they dropped a lot, like, that, that yes. they talked about a lot, but in terms of, like, a plan for this to happen and then it never actually working and him trying to sort of get them to joined together anyway yeah. even though it was like a plan that had been scrapped and you didn't really know exactly when he had tried it why it failed and and it, that sort of being like the main and what conflicts were keeping all of these people from actually working together and like why it was so important that they ultimately come together and in the end and like why that payoff was so satisfying to actually see them you know join forces yeah when it wasn't working before but you never really understood exactly the background behind it and so again like a lot of his actions in terms of like here's his cards he believes here's phil's cards he believed in heroes you guys need to like do this it never really it didn't feel like it didn't make sense to me in some level um (laughs) 
because you just never understood the background of like why this was so important and why it didn't work and what was keeping it from working before that suddenly wasn't now. Yeah. As much. Besides like the obvious like glaring personality issues of all of these people and like you know yeah. how none of them really play well with others. And although Tony's glaring personality issues were not that glaring in this film. No, that's except true. for his constant need to like because he was instantly nice to Bruce. Right. I really enjoyed that pattern that they had. Like the fact that the two of them genuinely respected one another on like a scientific level but like he did seem compelled instantly to pick on Steve for no reason right totally a reason what reason Tony's dad is a dick and he like just pays no attention to him his whole like you have a genius child and you're like yeah go play in the corner whatever I am busy thinking about Steve Rogers his whole life I'd be pissed yeah I don't buy it as much I mean like I can see it but I don't really necessarily like think it and or assign it that much importance in terms of how I read that character. But part I mean, I, 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 I do believe he has daddy issues coming out of his ears. I don't necessarily see... That is like the origin of, like, the Captain America angst, though. Right. I mean, I can honestly see how, like, as a human, as a, just a basic personality level, Tony would not really, like, like someone like that initially. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't know. Beyond that, I'm not really sure. Yeah. <laughs> Em, I wanted to ask you about this. What do we think about the Pepper Tony thing? Um, Pepper, you can do better. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Pepper should have been with Phil. Aww. No, they would have made it even sadder. I did did love all the implications of her, them being, like, good friends, and her actually knowing about his personal life, and, like, like, she she got the impression, like, nobody really knew that much about his personal life. Yeah. Um, But she knew about all that, his, like, you know, his girlfriend, and, like, blah, 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 blah. I like to think that Pepper and Phil were Twitter friends. Totally. (laughs) Totally. Twitter friends yeah. and then Clint just like hid in the highest corner of some room angrily watching Phil tweet slowly <laughs> with his thumbs like, one torturous character slowly. by character yes they yes. got him an iPhone and he just didn't know how to use that stupid keyboard <laughs> no but I also think maybe in like it'd be interesting to sort of talk about you know speaking of Tony Stark like the way in which um, I think, obviously, in like fandoms lead up to this movie, um, as an extension from like the massive ship coming from the comic books, yeah. But how like at least most of the Avengers fit that I've seen out there um, is Steve Tony. Is Steve Tony, and there's a lot of it before the movie ever came out, which is its own sort of interesting, um, charming happening. And uh, do we think that the movie is going to is was it everything that the Steve Tony shippers wanted? Was it not enough? I mean, I don't. It didn't like kill the ship. Like you poor by no means. Like you poor Clint Colson fans, I'm sorry. Oh no, that's only going to encourage them, I'm (laughs) sure. Which be strong, folks. Be strong. Because AI Colson will come back and love Clint the way a building can. No one ever dies in comics, to be honest. Um, So. But do how do we think that like do is there gonna be like a, a shift do you think in terms of like what Steve Tony fit looks like looked like before this movie came out like or is it gonna or is it just gonna sort of like truck along? I feel like I, it held pretty true. Pardon? I feel like it held pretty true to my existing understanding of how it would be. Elaborate. Well, I don't know. Like a lot of the the, the Steve Tony stories that I like the best. Don't start off with them being like, wow, I really like you. They start off with like a slightly antagonistic, but for almost no reason, relationship. And then eventually they realize that, you know, they're complementary to each other and that they do have things in common and then gradually it builds. And that's kind of what I saw in the movie. So I'm happy. All that was missing was, you know, the gay sex. (laughs) Well, Tony did say that he would be happy with Steve pushing him around. So now we know who's on top. That's cool. Yeah, but he's, but he's dating Pepper. Yeah. 
Yeah, but Pepper can do better. Yeah, but she doesn't want to, apparently. I think she's just like, you know, you know when you just really want to eat like junk food instead of good food? Wow. Did you just call Tony Doritos? <laughs> yes. And then you're like, why did I gain 20 pounds? Yeah, you're like, oh God, what happened? Like all of her nice clothes are gone. She weighs more. She's like, what happened to my life? Hey, this is going to a terrible place. This really is. This is, going, this is going to like a terrible, boring oh, place. Man. And if you know what that word means, you and I have lived similarly terrible lives. <laughs> Yeah. Let's pull the brakes on that one and back up. Like, beep, beep, beep. All right, time, time. Although, closing scene, I only saw this today on Tumblr at work when I wasn't working and tumbling instead. Was the closing scene where Tony's looking at the new plans for Stark Tower? Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's putting in a floor for every Avenger, it looks yeah. like. Yeah. Avenger Mansion. So precious. Yeah. That's why I like the A on the top of the tower. So precious. So precious. MK. Although when I was watching that, do you know what I was thinking? He's like you. He wants to like put everyone in like a creepy (laughs) condom within like stocking range. And like he probably steals Steve's clothing and wear it all the time. Maybe. (laughs) What do you want? Tony and I would get along really well, okay? That's probably unfortunately true. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But, like, I don't drink and he drinks a lot. I think we can be good friends. It's, you know, all the more for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I will play drinking games with him and I will just drink Sprite. It'll just even the playing field. I'm, I'm, I'm being sure that he'll win anyway somehow. Yeah, he will. Not sure how, but like at some point with enough Sprite, you're going to throw up and he's just going to keep going. Yeah, he is. And I'm going to be like, I'm so weak. I have to pee. <laughs> that is how you will drink him under the table. Good job. Unless he's wearing a suit, in which case he'll be fine. <laughs> he's got a filtration system in there. It's okay. You can live off of that shit for like three days. Let's, we have to move on. Right. Well, I, I do think sort of, though, in that, in that regard, is that I feel like as, I think at least for me, on, I'm not really super personally like that deeply invested in um, Avengers fandom, I must admit. The fact that the fandom was so kind of like the cart before the horse, essentially, yeah. you know, where there was all this build up and where they had kind of built the house and there was just nobody living there for months and months and months, you know, yeah. um, or something, some other like actually a little better metaphor than that. But um, the, I think there, there was a lot of ways and I feel like it was such a hyped movie, I'm sure, and such a long anticipated movie. And and, um, and things that people wanted out of the fandom, you know, had, there were such a many, many layers of expectations that I'm sure everyone brought to it. And I think, like, all things considered, I have to say that I feel like it was probably just about as good as it could be. Yeah. 100% agreed. Yeah. That was sort of my overall takeaway from it. And I, I hope that, you know, the fandom keeps trucking along. Yeah. It's not like... And I, I think it didn't really, like, it gave you enough. It didn't really, like, over-satisfy you or you don't really need any more after that. There's still, you know, a lot out there to, you know, deal with and play with. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so. I think it's going to be fine. I came out of that movie. Girl, job. We made it. Yeah, and I made, like, I, I walked out of that movie. I crashed. I woke up. I made 26 seconds of, like, a Steve Tony vid. And then I was like, well, now I need Avengers footage. And I'm just going to have to sit here, like, freaking out until the DVD comes out. So Which will be never. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to wait for, like, I'm going to forget that I was working on that. And do you want me to remind you in like three months? Yes. 
Okay, I will do that in three months. <laughs> or you should just get Kate to do it. She'll take care of that because she actually cares. That's true. <laughs> I think Kate to do that. She cares way more than anyone else here. I care about Tony Stark's drinking problems. Okay. Which, like, of course you do. I do. <laughs> I think that he's wasting his 40s. Aww. You'd be much happier. You just, like, drank a 40. That's kind of funny. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I did just drink a 40. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm going to assume that you guys have been drinking, like, all night. No. Emily, one day I'm going to come to Toronto, and you and I are going to play Edward 40 Hands. No. And it's going to be the greatest game no. ever. No. Wait, who? Emily. You're going to, you're really, you're going to. Why not? She just says she doesn't drink. You know Which that I. said 40 Hands even fire. Hold on, hold on. You know that I actually have, like, a really high alcohol tolerance. I just don't like the taste, right? Sure, uh, that's why you buy, like, a crate of 40s for Edward 40 Hands. Oh <laughs> All right, actually, I changed my mind. I want to be there. <laughs> Good. Two of us to hold um, her down. Yeah. We just high fives. Yes. Hate you so much. You love us. I was on a rugby team in college. She's I, strong. I know how this rolls. She's strong. I'm crafty. And I you have a bad memory, so this is going to go down badly for you. Yeah, yeah. But I am unsurprised by the fact that you were on a rugby team there. Um, why? <laughs> could I be more mysterious? <laughs> no, I actually could be way more mysterious. You weren't like, on the field hockey is. team, so. That's true. You could have been on field hockey. No, no, field hockey is no. No. Oh. Rugby field hockey is just like a load of bullshit. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's for the lesbians who aren't really committed. Yeah. No. <laughs> You're not gay enough. You can't be on the rugby team. We would never say that. There's no such thing as being gay enough for anything. But in terms of, I'm talking about in terms of like pure badassness of the sport. Like I think we're gonna have to, you know, remove and once you're on a rugby team, like you kind of whatever. You hit people and make out with girls anyway. It doesn't really matter what your actual sexuality. Forty thousand people listening to this podcast in college just went out to go sign up for the rugby team. (laughs) Okay, all right. Well maybe yes. All right, in my own personal experience, like but I feel like it's a stereotype because it's true. Yeah. No, I agree. And this should probably just be edited out. Nobody cares about my college rugby experience. <laughs> I think that you could probably write a pretty good erotic novel based off of your college rugby experience. I, I once almost wrote a, a ginger fuck. Oh, well, I said I almost, I almost finished, but I didn't, didn't finish it because um, I never finished anything. A uh, ginger fuck SPN fic that was um, girls rugby fic. I remember this. Yeah. 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 It's just in my graveyard of things that I wrote to uh, make Kate sad. <laughs> You guys like noticed a pattern? Like none of us ever write things that make Kate happy. Like we only ever write stuff that makes her sad. No, well, I I write things that make her happy, and I never actually I stop right before I finish them. So <laughs> to make and, her actually and, happy, and then she and I get about ten k in, and then I lose interest, or I you know, and then whatever. she's just sad, and then she's just sad. Yeah, and then I threaten to find like terrible Merchant Ivory slash Southern family films that like will make her cry because I'm gonna kill somebody with diabetes. Like, that's what you and I do to her. Yes. Okay, listen. After the last episode of Slash Report, the Hoyden popped up on chat the next morning. And she was like, what did I do to piss off Prue? Like, how did I make her angry? I haven't even seen her. And I was like, <laughs> what are you talking about? And she's like, she threatened to write it again. <laughs> okay, well, let's be honest. Like, 
until she does write it, that is always a threat. Like, it's, it's never been taken off the table. Like, yeah. it's just sitting there waiting for those stars to align and the right fandom to come along. Mm-hmm. And then once the moment is right, then she will strike. I'm going to do maximum <laughs> damage with this shit. Um, and it hasn't been right yet, but it's coming. And it always will be. <laughs> I, would, I would have to say, guys, the only reason I would ever write Teen Wolf thick is oh. to kill Styles with diabetes. That's, That's really make you a dick where you're like, I don't give a shit about this fandom, but three of my good friends do. So. I'm really glad that you hate werewolves enough that you're never going to do that. I do hate werewolves. We we should just do listener questions and slow entries and Yes, we So we're going to start with our SLO entry of the week. This is actually from a while back, but we missed it in our comment um, carding. And it's from our old favorite, Gaffy Labs, who apparently is like a bottomless well of terribleness and shamelessness. Be proud, Gaffy Labs. (laughs) But this is her entry. So her entry begins. There was a worm placed in an anus, and the worm-filled partner was kept on bed rest for days until it grew to the size of a small boa constrictor for prostate stimulation and sex shenanigans and died. Fluid everywhere. Now here's the question that naturally arises from having read this entry. There's any Well, no, 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 no. This is the one where, like, my editorial brain is like, this could have been written more clearly because it presents two equally horrifying possibilities. <laughs> is it fluid from the worm or is it from the anus? No, it's no. from, it's the question of, did the worm die or did the worm-filled partner die? Or did everybody die? Did I die? Did all people involved in this die? I'm so glad that I have not read this story. I am so glad that she's told us about it so that if I ever accidentally click on something that sounds like it's the beginning of this, I can just, like, hit the eject button immediately. But that's a really terrible way to start off this. It's not even starting off the season. But this is like really upping the painfully terrible ante here. Yeah, you guys are going to... That's some stiff competition. I don't know how you're going to worm your way around this one. Oh, you went there. No! I went there. I waited until it grew to the size of a small boa constrictor. And then it died. I love puns and I hate that. (laughs) Uh, there's nothing about this SLO entry that isn't worthy of hatred, MK. Uh, yeah. uh-huh. Questions, reader questions. Fine. Palette cleansing reader questions from Love the Boys. I was chatting with my cousin recently and was expressing my general distaste for the remake, reboot, adapt everything rather than take a chance on an original attitude in Hollywood slash publishing right now. And her response to that was, don't you write fan fiction? My knee-jerk response was, it's not the same, but is it? One of these things... Totally the same. (laughs) One of the things I love about fanfiction is that I can get stories that I can't really get in the mainstream, uh, like slash, tropes, short stories, etc. But are we part of the same trend? Any thoughts? I think they're totally the same thing. I don't have a problem with the Hollywood reboot thing. I think that that good original creations will always have power, but I think good reboots are similarly awesome. Like, the Avengers movie is technically technically sort of a reboot reinterpretation that's like super fucking entertaining but inception was a completely original juggernaut and that was brilliant as well so it may feel pervasive but i don't think it is 
Because if you do want to see stuff that's not rebooted, it's out there. It may not be like the big blockbusters, but it does exist. And also, I do, I do think that fanfic is very much in the same vein, even though fanfic by, you know, by necessity explores a lot of avenues that like mainstream stuff will never get an opportunity to do. By definition. Yeah. So like ongoing, if anyone has ever done anything in like English or whatever in university, we're all just telling the same six or seven stories again and again and again. Yeah, exactly. So it's on the execution, guys. Totally. Next question is from Tribby, who says, Hi, new listener. Very new. I just subscribed to the podcast on iTunes two days ago and have listened to two episodes as of now. I don't know how old that is. Sorry, Tribby. You should have lived better. (laughs) Yeah. There's so much horribleness coming your way. Yeah. So, so much bow constrictor sized horribleness. I would like to apologize in advance. (laughs) Good everywhere. Do you plan on talking about any animated fandoms, like Western animation? Nothing against anime at all as I love it, but I'm thinking of Western animation when I mention animation. Or the Homestruck fandom. I don't even know what that is. Oh, I, you know, I've heard that name being thrown around, and I haven't managed to figure out what it is. Either. Yeah, I've heard, I've definitely heard of it because it shows up on Pinboard. Yeah. Um, but I don't actually know what it is, so sorry. Um, if anyone does want to do... It's Homestuck, isn't it? Is it Homestuck? It's either Homestuck, Homestuck or yeah, Homestruck, Homestuck, one of those. But if anyone wants to do a fandom safari for that, we'd really welcome it, because I think it's a pretty significant fandom that we just have, have no interaction with and don't know anything about. As for Western animation, MKU should do a Korra episode at some point. Yeah. You and you should probably get Kate. Yeah, you and Kate should do a Korra episode. I do. I do love Korra. Um, I also love Disney movies. Yes, definitely. Like, and Kate also loves Disney movies. We know a lot. We actually, okay. So, Peru, you don't watch much Western animation or animation at all, do you? No, I spend most of my days bathing in the blood of virgins. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I and watch K-drama. Yes. Crying on my sofa. That's what she was doing when I came home today. Yep. Of course. Queen I, I met man, so good. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched a lot of Western animation. I don't know if I have, like, if I could talk about it that much, but maybe Korra, maybe Disney. We'll see if that comes up in the future. Excellent. It's a possibility. Yeah, definitely we'll a possibility. Our list. <laughs> we do have a long list of things to talk about. We do. Should we do fic recs? We should. Were those the only questions? As far as I know. If we've missed your question, Guy, can you resend it to us? Yeah, please do. We lose things. Ditto for slow entries. We we will just lose them. Definitely. Serious. I'm doing a lot of hate fish bowling right now. <laughs> <laughs> hate fish bowling, that's nice. Which is which is a new like addendum to fish bowling where you're in a fandom that is so like has such limited or I guess is not very uh, productive or what fuck word am I the beginning of the P prolific prolific that you aren't in a prolific fandom and you've read everything already and uh the only things that are coming out that are new are things by authors you hate that are guaranteed <laughs> to be bad but it's better than nothing so you're a hate fish bowling where it's not even like maybe this might be good and there's some random that sort of thread of hope that keeps you <laughs> digging through the trash that you're gonna find something really good there's not even that um, all you have, you just basically know that you're going to end up clawing your face off the entire time you're reading it. It's too low. And um, that, is, that is my Finnish life right now. Uh, and it, it's really depressing. So I don't have anything to wreck. Man, um, I love you so much. I love you too, MK. I love you too. Uh, that was one much darker and sadder place than I thought it was going to go to. 
That was impressive. Yeah, yeah. And detailed. Like the tip of the depressingness in terms of my like Danish iceberg right now. Really <laughs> my recs for this week are quite happy. <laughs> Good. The first one is called Ready Fire Aim by Gizm. Gizm. I don't know whatever your name is, which is, you know, everyone living in the Avengers mansion or they will be soon. And it's like a plotty, hilarious, and yet somehow angsty and like very interesting Avengers story. And I think I made it like a third of the way through and I had to tag it on Pinboard immediately because I was like, I don't, I don't care how it ends. It's already sold me. Like it's already five stars, <laughs> uh, which is when Tony invites everyone to like a party at his mansion. And Steve is just learning how to text. And he sends a message back in all caps that says, Dear Tony, I am in a meeting with Director Fury. Thank you for inviting me. I will attend, but maybe quite late. Sincerely, Steve Rogers. <laughs> and I was like, motherfucking five stars. <laughs> Sealed it. <laughs> done. Just totally done. Obviously, it's Steve Tony. It's great. You should read it. The next story is called The Best of Life is But Intoxication by Kellerferfic, in which uh, Steve and Darcy kind of become like best friends and hang out all the time because everyone is too terrified to talk to Steve Rogers because he's Captain America. They're like, yeah, I can't, I can't make friends with him. He's too, he's too much. Uh, yeah. Darcy's like, yeah, whatever, I don't really care. You're kind of incompetent. Let me show you around New York and like introduce you to the future. And they, they have a really good time. They become best friends. They hang out all the time. Except that everyone at S.H.I.E.L.D. thinks that they're dating. Nice. Aww. Like everyone. And they're like, they don't notice. <laughs> uh, except that Tony and Clint are like crazy jealous. And, uh... It's really cute. It's really funny. It's like medium length and it has like Natasha and everyone in it. They did a really good job. I think you'll like it. Excellent. Yeah. I also have two Avengers Rex and they're both happy as well. Yay. Well, isn't that nice? I said as I see side eye, Marilyn. Must <laughs> be nice to be happy. It's like a really weird situation where I get to side eye anybody, but apparently that just happened. So one is. They're actually, wait, hold on. Yes, they are both happy. One of them is particularly timely, given the fact that uh, as we're recording this, Obama publicly affirmed as the first American president to like outright support the right of absolutely everyone to have marriage equality. Woo, yesterday. It's untitled, it's by Valtier, and it was written basically as sort of a celebratory reaction fic to the gay marriage law being passed in New York. But it's, um, it is a story about Tony Stark fulfilling a childhood fantasy of being married to Captain America. <laughs> and it is very short. It is very sweet. And it is very, very funny. Super, super clever. Just incredibly charming. It is Steve Tony, obviously. And um, it's one of those stories that, like, I read with, like, a big stupid smile on my face the entire time. The second recommendation is in honor of Phil, who is the greatest that ever did great. And it's called A Week in the Life of Highly Respected S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent Phil Coulson by Boom Bang Bang. And it's a Jen story. And uh, <laughs> it is basically a story about Phil Coulson's no good, horrible, terrible, very bad week and life in general. And it's very farcical. And the story only begins with Captain America breaking out of S.H.I.E.L.D., running barefoot into Times Square, and then Tony Stark happens. And it's basically about all, like, the sort of ridiculous shenanigans that must go into working at S.H.I.E.L.D. on a regular basis, but not, like, add insult to injury. You don't just work at S.H.I.E.L.D. You work at S.H.I.E.L.D. hurting crazy cat superheroes. 
and Nick Fury is dating his mom, wow. which is an added level of crazy. But it's like a running joke throughout the, the story that like Nick Fury is dating his mother and you don't realize it until the end. But Nick Fury is actually probably dating Phil's mother. That's and it's just like this beautiful cherry on the topper of his like very bad awful week it's written with this like completely charming lighthearted, funny voice and i think everyone should go read it and we should as the phantom menace fandom has done collectively decide to ignore this piece of canon yeah you can totally black it out guys i promise like just check the master and apprentice archive well and also i think what's interesting at least for me is that the reason what part of the reason why i have faith in it is that i wasn't actually spoiled for him dying at all yeah even though i didn't see the movie yeah no one was whaling. I think everyone has already everyone decided should, yeah. to ignore it. Like, I, and I mean, and I even, like, was, like, rolling around Tumblr without, like, any Tumblr savior tags for, like, a couple days and, like, had no idea that he had died. Yeah. Yeah. I think we uh, may all just collectively, yeah, you know guys, so just ignore it. Yeah. Didn't happen. Yeah, shut up, Joss. Stop yeah. killing people we love. Yeah. You took- I don't have to stand for this anymore. Yeah, that's right. You may have taken Tara away from me, and you may have you may killed have Wash. You may have killed Wash, and then you murdered Lila, and then you killed Wesley. But I- and let's not even talk about the end of Dr. Horrible sing-along. Yeah, wait, fuck you. Wait, but, like, wait. I have to stand for this. Phil Coulson lives forever. Wesley dies? Are you kidding me? He dies in the arms of Irelia wearing Fred's skin. Oh, fuck yes. you. Spoiler alert. <laughs> First show that's so old. Listen, I was high when I watched any Angel and then I failed out of it because I didn't like it. I just liked Wesley. That was the only thing I liked. That was the only thing I liked too, MK. <laughs> And first they slashed his throat, and then they killed him in that ignominious death. No, don't. You're not going to tell me any of this. I'm just going to live in Teapot Kitten forever. You don't deserve Teapot Kitten if you haven't endured the pain of it. Like, that's the reason we needed Teapot Kitten. (laughs) Eat it, bro. You didn't earn that one. You didn't earn Teapot Kitten. I don't earn it. We're it from you now. You can't take it away. (laughs) Poyden gave it to me in Kindle format for a birthday one year. <laughs> Probably the best present you've ever gotten. It was right? pretty great. All right, guys, I think we need to wrap up for this week because we've been talking about this for an hour and 40 minutes now. <laughs> yeah. But just to let you know, some coming up episodes, we're definitely going to do a full episode on The Good Wife. Don't worry. Oh it's not going to be timely, but it will be comprehensive. And everyone should gird their loins and brace themselves because the series finale of House is coming up on May 21st and it's going to be a doozy. It is going to be hella doozy. Uh, Let's just say that they've decided to co-opt Fanon in a really hardcore way. We're not saying that you should watch House. We're saying like maybe watch the first season. Don't watch anything past that. Yeah, we'll tell you when you should like bail out of the houseboat when yeah. we uh, when we actually get to that episode. Well, it's like the same way that I've seen the last episode of Dawson's Creek, but you know, didn't see any like most of the shit leading up to it. I don't think I've ever watched an episode of Dawson's Creek. I just Proof imagine that, you... that Dawson cries a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he seems like yeah. a really ugly crier. No, he is. Okay. The series finale Dawson's Creek has his own beauty and majesty to it. <laughs> okay, that's a little. Anyone who's seen it knows what I mean. It's kind of like perfect, and it does exactly what it needs to. As someone who watched like four seasons of that show, unironically, I really yep. don't have anything to say right now, except that we have to end this. <laughs> yes. We have to end this. That's usually my line. Let's get out of here.
All right. We're, we're going to have to blow this popsicle stand. Mara, thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was good it was, it was fun. Um, thank you for yeah. taking us down some dark and sad alleys in your brain. <laughs> I wasn't that bad. Come on. Hate fish bowling? Hate fish bowling is pretty intense. Okay. Yeah, and I, I would like to know that there are other people out there who are That's similar. That's true. Effect. Guys, slash reporters. Can we have a support group? Yeah, slash yeah. reporters <laughs> pipe up. And let's make sure that Mara's not alone in yeah. her hate fish bowling. I'll be real, I hate fish bowling. All right, it happens to the best yeah, of us Yeah, not, not with fit, but with other stuff. Yeah. Definitely like, I know bowling. I'm not going to like this. But I'm going to watch it anyways. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Guys, thanks for tuning in with us. Uh, We'll see you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. One time, we'll go to D.C. and we can go to the monument. At night? Yes. We go to the monument at night and sit at his feet? Yes. Look at the promise of America? In the reflecting pool. Beautiful. Oh, God. Yes. The worst. Yes.